Welcome back, everybody. This is the Faith FM team coming to you from Ethiopia, where we are going to bring you our Encounter with God section, where we are studying the book of Revelation, and we are also presenting the book of Revelation most nights here. So we're having an amazing time here in this country, adventures every day. And I think we just need to request prayer, because last night it seems Lyle's Bible's gone walkabout, and so now Lyle's using my Bible, and I'm just not using any Bible at all. And and, and Mon's Bible is a little bit challenging, because it's, my it's arms my are travel too short. Bible. Your arms are tiny. too short. My arms are too short to read this one. And then when my arms, if I, get it, if I get it further enough away, then the print is too small. So I'm, I'm, yeah, you do need to get back to 2011, don't I you? I am struggling. I do. I do. Absolutely. When your eyesight was bad. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about here is the patience of the saints. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. We spent a fair bit of time yesterday talking about the commandments of God. Let's talk about the faith of Jesus. What does it mean that here are are those that have the faith of Jesus. Well, Lyle, mm. I'm pretty sure you're going to tell us anyway. No, I'm waiting. For, I, I, I'm asking the questions here. This is Bible study. I, tell us, tell us all about the faith of Jesus. Okay, so I know that in Revelation, the testimony of Jesus represents the spirit of prophecy. That's right. And so, the faith of Jesus is something different. Uh, different, yes. Yes. Well, I'll just definitely related. Yeah, but I would just say that the faith of Jesus is is the same. Um, you know, the same faith that Jesus had. You know, the same beliefs that Jesus had. The same. You know, the people who are essentially like Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, what do you think? What's your uh, thoughts? I was going to say the faith of Jesus. So, if you have faith like Jesus, that would mean you're converted. So, people who are converted. Okay. I think there are a lot of good ideas here, and if you've got some thoughts, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number, but um, <coughs> there's a number of different ways that we can look at the faith of Jesus. The mm. first way that we can look at uh, those at the end of time have the faith of Jesus, we can look at that from the perspective that they have the same faith that Jesus had. So what kind of faith did Jesus have? A perfect faith? He did. He had he had the ultimate faith. He had complete and total trust in God. And so here we're looking at a group of people who have complete and total uh, faith and trust in God. Hmm. Um, another way of looking at this and another way of reading it is that um, they have the faith of Jesus in that Jesus has faith in them. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so think about that That's for a moment. That's mind-blowing. It is. They have the faith of of Jesus, in yeah, other words, got you, okay, you, you see, mm-hmm. see, you see how you, you, you that, that 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 actually works, mm, and that makes sense. Uh, it's it's a verse in Romans that that quotes Habakkuk two four. You know, the just shall live by his faithfulness, mm-hmm. and people, you know, I think scholars now are taking that two ways because in the past it's just by like, yeah, the tr- you know the just will live by his faithfulness. You know, if you're faithful, um, then you are just. But now scholars are saying, no, it's a two way street. It's his yeah. faith, like your faithfulness in God, but also God's faithfulness in you. Yeah, and if, if, if you have faith in Jesus and Jesus has faith in you, that would be indicative of an intimate relationship, a deep That's and personal, right. a personal Absolutely. loving relationship. And so this is a group of people here that God can trust, a, a group of people that God trusts, you know, because they are filled with his Holy Spirit. Nice. And so you've got people that have... Um, the faith of Jesus, in other words, their faith is the same kind of faith that Jesus' faith was. Man, I want Jesus to have faith in me. Uh, oh, and then you have... <laughs> I'm like, please have faith in me. Of course he has faith in you. <laughs> Jesus has faith in all of us. Um, but then you've also got the perspective of... Um, 
Uh, okay, so Jesus has faith in us. Um, we have the same kind of faith that Jesus has, and um, and and but then there's the perspective of us having faith in Jesus. So we have the faith of Jesus. We have faith in Jesus. Jesus has faith in us. So there are actually mm. three perspectives to this one little phrase right here. And so. Um, you know when 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 uh, we have faith in Jesus Christ, yeah, He is able to do amazing things through us, mm. and this is really important because this is this is the connecting link between the the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Mm. Without the faith of Jesus, keeping the commandments of God is an impossibility. I think we've probably all tried it on occasions and failed miserably. It's never going to happen. But when we have the faith of Jesus. You know, that faith that Jesus had in his father, that father could give him the victory over temptation. We can keep the commandments of God. When Jesus has faith in us and fills us with his Holy Spirit, we can keep the commandments of God. And when we have faith in Jesus so that we are trusting Jesus with every everything that happens in, in, in our day, then we, have, uh, we are able to keep the commandments of God. Perfect. Man, you. Praise God. All right. Let's continue on with oh, this uh, next part. I really want to know about this next part. All right, so this is the, this is actually this is actually an interesting verse. It's the one that is the most often skipped over when people are reading the three angels' messages. Mm. They often stop at verse twelve. Yeah. Why? I don't know, but this passage is incomplete without verse thirteen. Yeah. Right. I, I think they come to the faith of Jesus and it's like, okay, with the faith of Jesus, what more can be said? In fact, I've I memorized it from verse six to verse twelve. <laughs> So skip 13. I'm part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you do this, Lawson? Okay, so you've got to remember. Let's, let's, Let's back up and remember. Revelation 14. The structure of Revelation 14 begins with a special group of people, those who are alive just before the return of Jesus Christ. It moves on to a special message. That is the message that that group of people carries to the whole world just before Jesus comes back. This is John seeing the fulfillment of... Jesus' prophecy in Matthew chapter 24 when Mm -hmm. Jesus says, When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world as a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. And you might be wondering, well, what what gospel was that that Jesus was talking about? Here you find that end time gospel uh, specified, where you've got you know these three angels that have the everlasting gospel to preach unto every person who lives on the earth, to every kindred, nation, tongue, and people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we work our way down through here, and we are finding the everlasting gospel all the way through. We get to the faith of Jesus, and like, well, what more can be said? Um, the everlasting gospel is complete. It has. Uh, Everything has been stated that needs to be stated, but it is not complete. Yes. It is incomplete. Yes. Without verse 13. I'm so keen. It is is not all there. I'm so interested to know what it says now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. It's awesome. I've got Mon's Bible, so she's trying to play catch up over there. I know. It's really hard. And uh, she's using our... uh, Yeah. Anyway. Um, Where are we up to? Verse 3, verse 13. Go for it, Lawson. All right. The Bible says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. They are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. Okay. So how does this contribute to the three angels' messages? All right. So this is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm... um. You know, I'm actually, this is leaning me in favour of staying in Ethiopia. Okay. Because if I get killed by, you know, Muslim rebels or a communicable disease, um, I'll be blessed because I'll be doing God's work. 
right. So I'm just, I'm just keen. So martyrdom then is something that we should all aspire to. Is that right? Uh, oh, <laughs> when you say it like that, it's like, uh, <laughs> maybe not. Because there are some religious groups today that aspire to martyrdom. Mm. I think that what this is saying is, is you know, it's uh, it's going to be a very difficult time, okay. and it's like, and that people are going to die, and it's like. If people are going to die in this time, then, you know, in the name of Jesus, then, then they're, they're blessed, you know? Yeah, and I think there's a certain level of com- comfort we can take from this because mm. the, as, the, as the final message goes out to the world at the very end of time and persecution breaks out as a result of the everlasting gospel going out, and we think about, you know, our friends and our relatives who have passed away and, and it makes us incredibly sad. There's also this sense of relief that they will not have to go through that experience. True. At the same time, I want to go through it. I don't know why, but I just want to. Really? Yes. So many people are totally petrified of it. I know. But Do you know what's really crazy? I can't decide if I want to red him or if I want to be one of the 144,000. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I'm like, I'm which one's like- more stylish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually really funny. So last year when I was Bible working, there was like a group of us, like six of us at our church and we had this like joke and it was called like, oh yeah, we'll just go cop out. And it was like, oh, you know, if, if things get too hard, we'll just move to to Afghanistan and start preaching in the middle of a square, get shot in the head, and then, you know, we're going to go to heaven. And it was actually really funny because the girl that I was making this joke with all the time, like, we're always like, oh, yeah, cop out, dude. She's now like a, she's a missionary in China. <laughs> so she's oh, just wow. like... <laughs> And, that, and China is really full on, dude. Yeah. She's she's in the last they year won't and a half. Just shoot her; they'll torture her. China is absolutely hectic. So we need to pray for her because she's like doing amazing work over there. She's like planting churches; it's amazing. So. Yeah, absolutely. That, that 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 she needs our prayer. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so we need to pray for this girl uh, doing amazing things there in China. We will uh, not name her on the radio this morning. We need to pray for all of China because that country is going down the gurgler fast. Really fast, really fast. And uh, talk about Big Brother. Uh, They they are keeping control on absolutely everything. Uh, This is a society that nobody wants to be a part of. (laughs) Nope. And it's going to be so tricky for other countries to step in and say, hey, that's not right because we rely on so much... Uh, our stuff to come from China. Everybody relies. Yeah, I mean, all of the roads here in Ethiopia are made by China. Yeah, I feel like that's why they're throwing their weight around in this fashion, like so openly in the world's face, because like, like what are you going to do? Complain to us? Fine, we'll just cut you off. Yes, yeah. <laughs> rough. You know, and you think about you think about what the trip from Addis to Awasa would be like without that Chinese road. Yeah, exactly. And in Kenya as well, all the, all the big tarred roads, all the sealed roads, courtesy of China. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're all in bed together. Yeah, it's bad news. Amazing roads bad up around news. Aksum and places like that. Just you know, put in by the Chinese it's just it's just absolutely phenomenal and, and it's great to see China contributing to the world and contributing to developing countries we appreciate that but uh, when you see the agenda that is behind it it's actually quite scary quite yeah. terrifying they okay. keep their roads back to where we were um, where it says and I heard a voice from heaven saying to me right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from now on yes says the spirit that they may rest from their labours and their works do follow them okay what does the Bible teach us here in this passage about what the dead are doing 
Resting. Resting. Okay, this is critical to our understanding of the Three Angels' messages mm-hmm. because this is the only place in the Three Angels' messages that actually talks about uh, what happens to the dead. Yes. And when it talks about what happens to the dead, it is uh, telling us that the dead are actually resting. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's think about that uh, for a moment. Um, what, what does it mean when the Bible says that the dead are resting? Well, I know when I rest, I lay on my bed and I go to sleep. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like probably my favorite thing to do. It lights out. Yeah. Yep. Have a nap. Yeah, I love oh, naps. Nap. <laughs> yeah. I just love sleep. Why is it? I guess this is an interesting question. Why is it that we love sleeping so much? I mean, when you're sleeping, you are oblivious to everything that is in the world. Yeah. But you know the thing is, you can't enjoy anything. You're not having any adventure. You're not. You're not seeing anything or experiencing anything or having a relationship with it. Why do we love sleeping so, so much? I mean, you, our bed is one of our favorite places. Do you guys remember? I'm, I'm, you might struggle a while, but do you remember when you were really young? And, and that was a rough joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I I can remember when I was two, can you? Oh, I, I, yes, I can remember when I was two. Can you remember when you were two, Mike? Can you remember anything from I, when you were two? I, I, yeah, I think I remember when I was like about one, just one single memory of being chased by a um, vacuum cleaner, which is why I sort of like <laughs> I made a list one time of all of my memories from when I was two or younger. That's epic. Wow. I don't remember. I don't know how accurate they are, but they are actual memories. And the reason that I know that I was two was because when I was three, I moved to Tasmania. Oh, there you go. So these are all pre-Tasmania memories. Ah. So, wait, yes. ch- check it out. So, like, when you're really young, I just remember, like, flipping out of bed, like, literally flipping out of bed and running to the lounge room and just, like, no one was awake because it was, like, 5.30 in the morning. But I was just so excited to be awake. But then I was, like, five, and so I didn't know how to make my wheat bix like, so then I'd go to my <laughs> mum's room and I'd, like, sneak in there and then I'd go to her side and be like... Mom, mom, can you wake up? <laughs> I want wheat bix. She's like, okay. And then she'd go and make me wheat bix, and I'd eat my wheat bix, and then I'd just be awake and you know watching like super duper early morning TV, and it's just this is the best thing ever. <laughs> like, I, I, I just I wish I was this young again. <laughs> now, now I'm just, just like nap. <laughs> now I just like I wake up for radio at like five thirty in the morning. I'm like. <laughs> do I have to be? Do I have to be getting out of bed? <laughs> it's not the worst because I love coming on radio. I love talking to you guys, but I just wish I felt like I felt then, man. It's well, amazing. I don't think the dead die thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to wake up in the morning," because they don't wake up in the morning. Okay, so let's go. But they will the- wake up, and they'll be they'll be pretty pumped to wake yeah, up. Yeah, they'll be flipped out one week, big. Yeah, yeah. Let's go over to the Gospel of John and let's read about what the Bible says um, in the story of. Lazarus John 11 this in. Does your Bible even have John chapter 11? What are you talking have, about? Does it have the story of see. Lazarus? <laughs> where are your glasses? Yeah, I left them in Australia I don't know where they are Classic wild movie Alright, so John chapter 11 We're going to find out What does the Bible mean When it says that the dead Will rest from their labours And why is this such an important part Of the three angels' messages So let's go to Verse 11 Verse 11 Yes Yes, Mon's Bible does have this <laughs> Surprise, it is there. Go for it, Lawson Read it for us Our friend Lazarus sleeps But I go that I may wake him up Okay, so here you've got a, uh, a, a, a verse Where Jesus is 
he's talking about Lazarus. Lazarus has been um, ill, and uh, you know the, the the message has come to Jesus. You need to come, and um, you need to heal this guy. And Jesus is like, yeah, not nah, not doing anything. And people are like, why isn't Jesus doing anything? He sounds like he's really really ill. And then uh, and then Jesus says this. He says he's sleeping. Well, let's go and wake him up. And his disciples respond and they're like, don't wake him up if he's sleeping. You know, if he's ill and he's sleeping, that's how you get better. You know, when you when you you don't mm-hmm. want to wake wake sick people up. And so um, Lazarus, uh, Jesus then turns around and in verse 14, oh, Jesus says, say this one? Okay, okay, he no, says, no. then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, so Lawson is showing off here. He's <laughs> doing this all off memory. Yes. And he's smiling so big about it. He's got such a smug smile on his face. You know what's going to happen to Lawson one of these days? Lose his memory? Yeah, no, oh, no, no. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to stand up to preach, all super confident, no notes, ready to go, and go completely blank. This is why I write notes I just hope now. I'm there for that moment. This is actually, so so I used to I used to preach with no notes. Uh-huh. I used to memorize everything. Yeah. I thought I was such a boss. Uh-huh. And then one time... I preached a sermon and it ended up going for like an hour and 10 minutes because... You lost your notes and I you just, started to waffle. I just started waffling hard. So actually, since then, I've been writing more and more notes to now. I pretty much write my notes nearly word to word. And it's actually, it's helped yeah, me so much and it really keeps me on point. It's yes, like, it's it good. does. And with, um, one of the things that I've found is that, you know, the Lord likes to humble me. Yes. Mm. Because often I look at a sermon like, I've preached this sermon plenty of times before. I know this one off by heart. Why would I need notes? Mm. And the moment I stand up without notes, I go, go blank. And the Lord's like, yep, ha ha. This is <laughs> not Scramble you. Brain. It is not about you. This is about me. Amen. Let me remind you. And uh, so, yeah, always good to, um, always good to remember that the Lord is in control. How do we get this mm-hmm. sidetracked under this? We were talking about Lazarus being dead and Jesus saying that Lazarus was actually doing what? He, you know, he's dead. He was sleeping. He was, he was sleeping. That's right. So if you want to know what it's like to be dead, the answer is very, very simple. To be dead is to be asleep. Simple as that. And, uh, of course, you know, death is a very, very sound sleep. And we never, you know, it's one of those things that we shouldn't fear death. Um, it's the bit that comes before death that I think that we fear. Mm. Uh, there's often a lot of pain and discomfort associated with the process of dying, which is just a horrible part of living in a world of sin. But death itself is when suffering is over. Mm. It's finished. That's true. And, you know, when our, when our friends and our relatives, they pass away, it's, it's, it's tremendously sad. But a lot of time we can take relief from the fact that they are no longer suffering. It's not always the case because sometimes people die in, you know, mm. very tragic circumstances, way too young. But it's just, it's just terrible when you go to the hospital and someone's in the ICU ward and they're pumped full of drugs and they are obviously just terribly uncomfortable and suffering and they're not going to make it. You know that they're not going to make it unless the Lord works a miracle. And uh, it's just it's just a relief. It's just a relief when, when, when death comes. Honestly, I think the, the fact that that death is is a part of our life now that's filled with sin is nearly, it's a good thing. You know, because life, you know, with sin has ultimately become suffering. Yep. You know, life is is suffering from the outset, from when you're born until when you die. Like, you, you are dying all the time, and, and there is sin and there is pain. And so, for God to, you know, 
that death, you know, is a part of that is it's 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 mercy, really. Mm. That, that we eventually come to a time where our suffering on earth, you know, will make our decision. Like I think of all the people who have died in the past, you know, living for Jesus, whether they've died at a young age or an old age, but ultimately they made their decision. They're going to be in heaven. They're going to, you know, see the King coming in glory. But ultimately, they they get to, you know. They have a limited time of, of suffering here on this earth. So, I'm, yeah, I'm like, God's really smart, you know. I, I, on the other hand, you can also imagine if death, um, you know, didn't wasn't part of life and all the people who wreak havoc and, like, you know, people like Hitler and mass murderers and bombers, if they just continued to live throughout Earth's history, just continuously creating more and more sorrow and pain and suffering for others. Like, there's also a little bit of mercy in that. There's a lot of mercy well, involved in that. Well, that's why, you know, we read in Genesis that God limited man's days to 120 yeah, years exactly. because he was like, you know, the evil on the Earth was exceedingly wicked. It was exceedingly mm-hmm. evil and, and God recognised, hey, if I give these people more years they're like it's a mess up more this is yeah it's gonna and, be terrible and, and, and you know and, and you look at what took place before the flood because they were living for nearly a thousand years though I speak with tongues of men and angels though I have the prophet's gift though I hold the keys to hidden knowledge though my faith can Mountain ship without love, I am no better. Without love, it's all for naught. Lord, you spent your life in loving others. What this means, I would be taught.
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Faith FM. We're talking about what happens when you die. We're talking about the story of Lazarus. We're talking about the three angels' messages and how the three angels' messages highlight the fact of what actually happens when a person dies. And I just want to say, just um, off the back of what we were just talking about in the last uh, little bit there, I do want to reiterate that death was never part of God's plan. It is no. an unnatural part of life. Yes. Um, just because of the because of the existence of sin and and how horrific we've become and how horrific we've made the world. Death becomes a mercy kind of a way, but it was never intended to 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 be that way. So, of course, God is you know the God is a God of perfect will, but is also a God of circumstances, and you know not that he, circumstances ever changes His will for people, but at the same time, circumstances you know He has to work through them. You know? And something that I wanted to come back to that I was talking about before the um, the song break came through, kind of a little bit unexpectedly there, but um, we were sidetracked. I was I was sidetracked. Mon was not. Um, and uh, but talking about how that you know before the flood, you know people lived for a thousand years thereabouts. So much evil consumed the world in such a short space of time. After the flood, you know because God says okay, 120 years I'm going to flood the place. But then after the flood, he's like okay, man's lifespan three score and ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who may not understand the King James English, a score is twenty. So 70 years. Yeah. And that's pretty much the average lifespan around the world today. You know, in Australia, I think the average lifespan is, is, is in the 80s now. Um, here in Ethiopia, it's 55. And so, you know, if you average that out, it's, it's averaging out at about three score and 10. And it's a way of limiting evil in the world because you don't have that thousand years to be able to just increase and increase and increase and increase in knowledge to and knowledge that you can use if you're an evil person to um, do evil things. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And I, I just I also want to add, it absolutely drives me nuts when people believe that God used evolution as a process of creation because that means God would have used death as a process of creation, yeah. which just is so completely abhorrent and polar opposite from what his character really is. Yes, you, you, if you're going to have evolution, uh, you know, theistic evolution in any form whatsoever at all, you have a God that creates through pain. Yeah. That which is, pain is God's means of creation. Yeah. And I, Suffering is God's means of creation. Don't want to have anything to do with we God. We really like just yeah. want to reiterate it's not God's original plan. And in fact, when it comes to comes to creation, like in re- whatever regards you believe into how, as to how the world came into being, like seriously, either go with creation or go with evolution but don't go with this nonsense in the middle, this theistic evolution, because what you're really doing is laying a charge on God's character that is absolutely just disgraceful. Mm, and if God doesn't have the power to create the world, then he doesn't have the power to resurrect Jesus, right. and he doesn't have the power to resurrect us. How can we believe in a God that's going to you know, save us. take us to heaven you know, in the second coming if he can't even create the world? Like, yeah, without come on. using death. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, good points that you guys are raising right there. Let's continue on with uh, John chapter 11 and verse 21, please. Uh, Lawson, who has been caught distracted. I was back in Revelation. I was yeah, ready well, to go. Yeah, well, you know, we haven't finished John chapter 11 yet. What does it mean to be asleep in death? It says, uh, Martha, says uh, Martha said to Jesus in, in verse 21, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would not have died. Okay, so you can imagine where Martha's coming from, right? here. She is heartbroken. Her brother has died. Read Jesus' response in verse 23. 
in verse 23, uh, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Okay, and that's a really, it's really great encouragement. I find it interesting when we look at the kind of encouragement that Jesus gives. Jesus gives a very different kind of encouragement than what you will hear at most funerals today. You will rarely hear this at funerals. Mostly what you hear today is something along the lines of, your brother is in a better place now. Your brother is in heaven. Your brother is with Jesus. Jesus loved your brother so much that he decided to take him. Your brother is watching us. All of this. Where is Jesus saying any of those things? None of those things, none of those things that we hear so often at a funeral are being spoken by Jesus. Jesus is comforting a woman who has just lost her brother and he says none of the things that we say. So why do we say those things if Jesus doesn't? You know what's interesting though is then Martha's response to that. That is so interesting. So good. Because we know that Martha has been learning at the feet of Jesus. Yes, it's like, okay, so Martha's a disciple of Jesus. Mm. You know, she's following Jesus. And what she says is, I know that he will rise again at the resurrection in the last day. So that's where her faith is. Notice yeah. what she doesn't say. Uh, she doesn't saying, say, I know he's with Jesus. You know, I know, you know, he's, he's sleeping or, yeah. oh no, not sleeping. He's sleeping. I know that, you know, he's in heaven. And or I can feel his presence with, with yeah. me right now and he's never going to leave me and all this kind of stuff. Martha says none of that because she's been learning from Jesus. And Jesus is very clear about what he teaches about what happens when a person dies. Jesus teaches that when a person dies, they sleep in the grave until the resurrection. Mm. And Martha, she says, yes, when Jesus comes back, when you come back, the last day, my, my brother will be resurrected again. And this is one of the reasons why she's sad. Because uh, she knows that that is some time period in the future. And, uh, um, and, and, and of course, you know, she's looking forward to the time when, when, uh, when, when, when that will take place. Okay, so now we go on down through the story. And you remember the story how Jesus says, okay, take me to the grave. And, you know, that's not an unusual thing. Often people will like to visit the grave of somebody who's passed away. And it's a, it's a place where you can mourn. It's a place where you can remember and honor the person who has died. And so they take Jesus to the grave. And when they get there, of course, the Jewish tradition for burial is to bury in a cave mm. um, there's a there's a large stone that is uh, blocking the entrance to the cave is a very practical measure because you know the, the the guy's been dead for four days it's not going to smell very nice also grave robbers as well something really incredible that i've seen around here i, I passed a graveyard and all the graves have cages over them so no one can rob the graves oh, wow i wonder what they get buried kidding. with then they yeah getting buried with jewelry and that kind of thing there's like an incentive for them to be robbing them Mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's <laughs> interesting. We, we, we saw a number of funerals up north um, in uh, Axum. Mm. And, uh, yeah, quite different from the funerals that we have here. And we even we, uh, we went to one place where the, um, uh, the monastery that was up on top of the mountain actually had a, a grave site there. And somebody had just been buried uh, about 20 minutes be- before we climbed up the rope, uh-huh. uh, 18 meters up the rope to, uh, to get there. And uh, all of the... All all of the mourners had just come down the rope when we went up, and yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a very fresh grave right there. Uh, but here we find that um, you know Jesus says roll away the stone, and they're like, no, there'll be a bad smell. And Jesus says, no, just roll it away anyway. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. He doesn't say Lazarus, come down. 
It doesn't say Lazarus come up. Lazarus wasn't up in heaven. Imagine how horrific that yeah, would that be. Would, that would just be the worst. It would be, that would the, be the absolute worst. worst. And we can thank God that he says, Lazarus come forth because Lazarus came forth and the creative power of God brought him back to life. And Jesus can do that for every person who places their trust in him. We'll be right back after this break. studying nursing, practical experience, a rewarding career, great employment prospects. When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life.
Welcome back, everybody. We have come to that part of the show where we do question of the day, and Lawson has a controversial one for us today. Don't know who sent this one in, but maybe we should track them down and have a bit of a word to them about the questions they're sending in. No, that's not actually it. Send in any question you like. We will have a crack at any question. Mm. We don't make the questions up. You do. And we try to answer what's on your mind. That's because you as our listener are important here on Faith FM. Lawson, what is our question of the day today? Okay, our question of the day is, is God a man or a woman? Okay, that is the question of today. Let me begin by saying this. God is not a human. Okay. And only humans are man or woman. You don't have men or women in any other kind of creature. Mm-hmm. And God is not a human. And I think this is the important part, the important point to consider. Okay, we're going to talk about some things that are going to be politic- politically incorrect. And the reason for that is that the Bible is not politically correct and neither is research. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the Bible, you are going to find that God is referred to almost exclusively in as masculine, in the masculine gender, as a man, as he, him, etc., uh, there is possibly one instance that sort of vaguely comes to mind that uh, might suggest something slightly different from that. Um, you know, Matthew, uh, the Bible says, you know, um, as a hen gathers her chickens, so I would gather you together. Um, words coming from God. But for the most part, the Bible is exclusively masculine in its reference to God. And we might ask the question, why? You know, is God trying to be politically incorrect here? Going along with that, and you're going to find this interesting as well, in the Bible, the priesthood was always the men. They were given the work of spiritual leadership. And uh, and you might ask the question, well, why does God do that? Did, did, did God do that to degrade women? Did God do that because he had lesser of an opinion of women? Did God do that because women could not be spiritual leaders? And, of course, the answer is no, because there are many spiritual leaders who are women in the Bible. Uh, but this is you know, not something that is uh, incredibly common. Okay, so um, this comes from a Swiss study uh, that was done recently, a very, very large study, where they looked at the retention of faith by children. They found that in a home where uh, the man or the father was a regular attender at a worship service, along with the mother, uh, there was a 74% retention rate amongst the children. Uh, They found that where the father was irregular and the mother was regular, there was a 3% retention rate. They found that where the father was a non-attender, but the mother was regular, it was a 2% retention rate amongst the children. And then, of course, they looked at where the father was regular and the mother was irregular. They had a 79% retention rate, and where the mother was a non-attender and the father was regular, they had an 85% retention rate amongst the children. 
So really interesting stats, very politically incorrect, but it does reveal to us why in the Bible, you know, the man was the priest of the home. This was the this is the biblical model that you find right through right through Scripture, and you find you know men in in, in spiritual spiritually leadership roles, and this is why the Bible refers to God as being a man. Of course, um, you know, looking deeper into the research, they found that you know children will learn you know about domestic issues from their mother, but the big the world around them is where they learn is what they learn from their father, and this is one of the reasons why you know you find this kind of research coming through, and it's just simply bi- simple biology. It's the way it's the way we are. It's the way the world is. It's the way children grow up, uh, and, and as a result of that, you know, this is why God has given us this model in the Bible, and so what this does. It's an interesting question. God is not male or female or anything else like that. God is God. He's not a human being. We can't refer to him that way. The Bible does refer to him as a man. And the fact that the Bible refers to God as a man is a challenge to all of the men out there to step up and be spiritual leaders that God has called them to be because they are the ones who are going to be responsible for the retention of their children within, uh, within the faith and within Christianity.
That was When the Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash here on Faith FM. We are about to, that is a classic, uh, one of the last recordings that he ever made. Uh, we are about to give something away, and what is our giveaway of today, Lawson? Okay, so we're giving away a book called After God's Heart, A Study in Brokenness from the Life of David. Of course, in our question of the day, we were talking about, um, well, fundamentally the question was, is God a man or a woman? But then we started to talk about what does it look like to, to actually be a man, um, a, a man of God, and to be a priest of the home. And, and this is a book here um, which you know centers around the life of David, someone who was the king of Israel. He was very much a, a spiritual leader, uh, but at the same time he was a man who made mistakes, as we all are. And, and ultimately, yeah, this book just goes through what does is, what is his life look like and what are the lessons that we can learn as men um, from that, you know, to be to be better, to yeah, be absolutely. the best we can as, be. As men, we need to step up, Lawson, you and I, mm. and we need to be the men that God has called us to be. It's as simple as that. 100%. There's no excuse to be anything else. Mm. Absolutely. All right, so if you'd like a copy of this book right here, then give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number, or text us on 0491-064669, and you will get your free copy to simply be the first caller through. We are giving it away for free. Bam. Free book. Of course, we have come to the end of our show today, and as we always remind you, we always love to remind you guys that um, there are a number of ways in which you can get in touch with us and learn more about the Bible. What are some of those ways, Lyle? Absolutely. You can study the Bible in a small group setting. There you can answer or ask questions backwards and forwards in the group. You can study it one-on-one, and Lawson does that for a living. Yes. So uh, he's a, uh, that's what his job is. Uh, you can study the Bible via correspondence or online. Anywhere in Australia, you can learn more about Jesus Christ. So give us a call. 